Welcome in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Jack, it's a little bittersweet today. And it's Mm -hmm. sweet because the Titans are already in the playoffs. You know, I... Uh, my fandom is not personally on the line today, but it's the last week of red zone and of a full day of NFL action. Today is the last day that you and me will be able to post up on the couch and watch nothing but football all day. Sadly, that, that will not be the case for me today. Um, I'm busy doing stuff all day in Dallas, and then I'll be at the Mavericks game tonight. I'm still on uh, vacation time um, out here in Texas. Uh, so that will not be my case today. I will be keeping track of everything. Um, again, if I, my team was a little more relevant, perhaps I would. Uh, I know today is the Falcons against the Saints, which is our always hated rivalry. We actually got the Saints in the decrepit Superdome earlier this year and now have the chance to sweep them in the first season of Arthur Smith, which would be beautiful. And I would offer him an extension just for that. Um, just kidding, I would not. But I would be very happy with him. Because no matter how bad we are, if we beat the Saints twice in a year, I really don't care what our record is. We could be 2-15 two, two and 15 now. Would not care if we beat the Saints twice. So, happy for that. But we have a lot to talk about today. We have a whole lot coming in last week and a bunch, of course, for this week. But the first thing that we'll do, just to kick us off here, is look at the playoff picture. Now, the playoff picture has changed pretty significantly since last time. But so far, we have six teams that have won their divisions and are good to go, along with a few more that are already in regardless. And that is the current one-seed Kansas City Chiefs, the current two-seed Tennessee Titans, the three-seed Cincinnati Bengals uh, have all won their divisions. And then the four-seed Buffalo Bills have clinched playoffs, but have not won their division quite yet up in the AFC East. In the NFC, the Packers... Uh, are at number one, and they have clinched a one seed, and they have clinched their division, obviously. Uh, two seed is the Rams. Uh, despite being that high of a seed, they actually have not clinched their division yet, but they're pretty high odds at 77%. Three seed is the Bucks, and four seed is the Cowboys. Both those teams have gone ahead and clinched their divisions. Um, none of those seedings are actually clinched yet. Those seedings are a little iffy. We'll get to that in a minute. Wild card teams for the AFC are the Pats, the Colts, and the Chargers. Uh, Patriots have clinched. Colts are at 88%. They're incredibly likely to clinch. And then Chargers, only 51%. NFC wild card. Cardinals have clinched. Uh, Niners have not yet, 61%. And then the Eagles, the seventh seed, have clinched their loss to the Cowboys last night, pretty much ensured that they will be keeping that seventh seed. Uh, in the hunt, the Raiders have 53% chance. Um, yeah, Raiders, uh, if they beat the Chargers, are in. If the Chargers beat the Raiders, they are in. So the winner of that game, is uh, in. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Um, I know that the Chargers are in. Uh, yeah, so the Chargers are in if they win. The Raiders are in if they win. But the Chargers are out if they lose. But the Raiders actually still have a shot if they lose. So losing is not doing the Raiders yet. Why? The, that's but why those odds are a little bit higher. You didn't get. You didn't get to the most important point. That was the last part. That was the last part. If these teams happen to tie, if they happen to tie. The Chargers get in. The Raiders actually don't get in yet because they need one other event to happen, and that would be the Indianapolis Colts losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If that happens, which, again, low odds, terrible odds, in fact, but if the Jaguars happen to beat Colts, if it's a tie, and that means a 0-0 tie, like they don't even have to play football. 
They literally can just kneel it the entire game. They do not have to play football. Both teams will get in. And here's the other fun part about this. The Jaguars have beaten the Colts. I think it's I think it's in it's in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, the last time the Indianapolis has won in Jacksonville, mind you, they play every season, 2014. So somehow, some way, the Jaguars have been incredibly good against the Colts yes. um, in the last few seasons. So this situation, while incredibly unlikely, is indeed possible. So I, I don't know how. I don't know how, but some way we could see some craziness happen. Of course, I this could all be for nothing, and the Raiders could win, and then it's all love the fun, but hunt, Jack. I love the playoff. It's a lot of fun. Specifically because there is a result today in which the best team of all time, You, if you watched ESPN this whole year, you'd think they were the best team of all time. You'd think they were the 85 Bears or like the undefeated Don Shula Dolphins. I can't wait until the Indianapolis Colts lose to Jacksonville and don't make the playoffs. That's That would be... I, I wouldn't care if the Titans lose to the Texans today and end up at the three seed. I would not care so long as Indianapolis does not make the playoffs. See, here's the funny thing, though. If the Colts lose to the Jags, and I'm actually um, – I know I did this before. I'm going to pull this up so y'all can see more what I'm talking about in real time. But um, this is quite the interesting uh, thing right here. Let me get to share screen. But – um. Looking at the game itself, as you can see right here, if the Colts lose to Jacksonville and the Chargers win, they still miss the playoffs. So the Colts don't even need to worry about a tie. There's actually a very likely scenario, again, if they lose, that they don't make it. Now, if it's the other way around and the Raiders win, Raiders are locked up, but the Colts are still available. But then look at the Steelers. The Steelers will have a 50% chance of making it. And if they beat Baltimore, they'll oh. welcome to the playoffs, Pittsburgh. But if they I lose... Would gladly, I'll gladly welcome the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's old, decroted corpse of a body into the playoffs. Well, then as if long they as lose, I don't ever have to see or hear about Jonathan Taylor again. So, so let's say the Ravens win with Tyler Huntley. Then Pittsburgh is eliminated... And then the last game up that matters is Patriots-Dolphins, which the Pats don't have anything to fight for. If the Pats win, Colts are out, Ravens are in. But if the Pats lose, then Colts are back in the playoffs. We're playing which some frankly, they should win that game. So, game here. I love I'm it. Just saying, but, but, but I'm just saying that all we need – the thing is, though, is the Ravens could – the Ravens very much could beat the Steelers. That's not out of the question. The Chargers could easily beat the Raiders. Both those teams are pretty much neck and neck. Anybody could win that game. And the Patriots are probably favored to beat Miami. So if you have those three there, and yeah, they lose, the Colts lose that game, that's win or loss you're in. But the so that's Colts, what's kind of crazy but, but, here. If these games happen like they honestly very much could, that game for the Colts, you win and you're in, you're losing, you're out. But all very this possible. to say, I don't really think the Colts are going to lose to the Jags today. And the Colts oh, no. are I know. <laughs> Colts are winning in. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm very aware that the odds are very much stacked against, um, against the Jaguars. No, but we love things. this. This is what we did for the college football playoffs. It's just like, imagine if in college football there was a mathematical scenario in which you knew what was going to happen 
with each result. And you don't have to rely on some dumb committee of athletic directors who don't even watch the games. Oh, no, that, but that's way more fun because then we get to fight about it and be angry all the time instead of saying, oh, this is a, a great system that works. Also, thank you, Adrian EA, for the comment, don't know sports with the basketball emoji. I'm not sure what it means, but we like comments. So I don't know if it means you don't like sports or we, or we, we don't know sports. Uh, either way, this is uh, not about basketball, but we appreciate the basketball. Well, it uh, is emoji. not about basketball. <laughs> but we can talk um, about basketball. If you got, if you got um, a basketball so, question, send it in. We'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. We're always down for questions. Uh, these teams all listed here. There's not really a point to talk about any of them, but all of these teams are eliminated, and none of their games essentially uh, matter too much this week. Um, some of them do pull some strings, but at least for their own sake, all of these teams here are eliminated. But shout out Washington. Uh, we're going to have a kind of a mini talk about them uh, in a couple of weeks, not right now, but in uh, a little less than a month, because they will be debuting a new name and a new uniform, um, new everything. Uh, you know, it only took two years to do it. So, you know, it's pretty difficult, I see clearly for the, the heads up there in D.C., but they finally will be getting something new. Uh, the rumors, the top rumors right now are the Washington Armada and the Washington Commanders, which make me want to hurt something because those names are terrible and it's Washington and no one will take them seriously, even if they name themselves. I mean, they can name themselves anything. I have heard, though, I have heard that Washington Redskins is back on the table. That name is uh, all of a sudden available. So if they did want to take that name, um, I've heard it was popular for a while, so that they could take that. Um, though, but with that, kidding aside, I would actually think it'd be funny if they stuck with Washington football team. It's, it's kind of grown on me a little bit, so... I'm kind of sad that we're moving on from the Washington football team era just because that was such a good meme name um, with such a weird team. So I, I thought that would be funny. But good old Washington football team doing a lot of football things. The Washington football <laughs> Honestly, I think they should just keep the football team. That's what I'm saying. It's, what I'm it's, saying. You might just keep it, it. Who cares? At first, everyone is like, this is really dumb. But then they kind of ran with it. They have the perfect like color scheme to just be like the football team. And, oh, they, it's, and it's, it's definitely dumb, but it's funny. <laughs> it's actually unique. I mean, from the jump, they should have just been like the Washington Football Club. Like, call themselves Washington FC. I realize that this is not soccer, but it is football. Like, it's close enough. Football Americano. <laughs> football versus football. It's all there. Uh, we now can transition on to our Week 17 recap. This is going to be a slimmed-down version of it, uh, given the fact that we uh, just have a lot of games to do, and we'll sort of cut it down. And we're going to start off with our game of the week here, and our game of the week was one that was our unintentional game of the week, is my way to word that. This game was not supposed yeah. to be the game of the week. But it ended up being probably the most important game of the week. And this one was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up against the New York Giants in a game that we thought was going to be very boring and we didn't really bother to watch. Yet that was not the case because in this game, we had the um, perhaps you could say final nail in the coffin of the Antonio Brown Bucks saga. Um, if, if to catch up on the lore of this, um, AB had been back and forth a million times on in and out of a lot of different teams. He had the whole meltdown with the Raiders a few years ago when he got traded there and refused to play with the whole helmet issue. He had the whole situation with the Patriots where he was on there for like 10 minutes. And then he's with Tampa Bay, won a ring last year. And then this season, he was really angry. They were losing to the Jets. Um, apparently, according to Antonio, which is fair to be angry to lose to the Jets. I don't I don't uh, knock him for that. But 
According to Antonio Brown, after the fact, he did say that he had a lingering ankle injury. He was unable to play. He was telling the coaches, I cannot play. And basically the coaches said, screw you, you have to play. And Antonio Brown just sort of laughed and was like, well, I'm not going to do that. And then took off his pads, took off his jersey, put it on the ground, and just started running away uh, to the end zone and just started vibing out there and just ran off in the locker room. Uh, he threw his gloves and his shirt into the stands. And uh, people then asked why he was running and jumping around despite an ankle injury. And he said that he had been pumped full of a ton of different painkillers. And so that's the story, according to Antonio Brown. Obviously, looking at it live on TV was absolutely wild. Um, Antonio Brown has very obviously been cut from the team. He is no longer a Buccaneer officially. And, uh, of course, Brady uh, ends up rallying this team back uh, to beat the Jets because, again, it's the Jets. Um, in fact, after that meltdown of Brown, it was, um, I think, what was it, a uh, 18 to nothing run for Tampa Bay after he left. Um, and again, it's also, it's again the Jets. I, I had no point in my mind that the Jets were going to win this game. Absolutely no point that I thought. Again, up 14 late in the third quarter, no doubt the Bucks are winning this game. And it's not even a Brady thing. It's just because they're playing the Jets. I had no faith. So, yeah. Congrats to the Bucks for winning a game. They really didn't even need to win this game. The Bucks have no chance of getting the one seed. Um, it's impossible now with, with Green Bay capturing it. So basically you're just playing for the two seed. But um and then but obviously the, the Jets had no advantage winning here, but it strange game. The it, the game is beside the point. The yeah. Antonio Brown situation, it's to the point where it's it's like the boy who cried wolf at this point. We can, we can sit here and say we're listening to Antonio Brown and that, you know, Bruce Arians shouldn't have forced him to go into the game if he's hurt. But I also believe that, to a certain extent, Antonio Brown should trust the doctors on the staff who no doubt have told Bruce Arians by this point, hey, A.B. should be good to go. AB was activated for this game. Why didn't this come up before the game, before AB dressed out um, and showed up for the game? Why didn't, why wasn't this discussed before? And at this point with Antonio Brown, even if it wasn't his fault, even if he was in the right here, even if he really couldn't have played because of his ankle, it's still Antonio Brown. And this is still a situation where if he's in the right, he's still wrong because he's the boy who cried wolf. But you also can't run away from your team. And that to me is what makes that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Even if Antonio Brown was in the right, he made himself wrong here. He made himself wrong either way, even if he couldn't run on his ankle. Then he goes on the Nelk Boys podcast, the Full Send podcast, which I watched. I was in one of those, you know, the state of mind you get in late night when you've just got the same episode of Sports Center running for like the third time at like one in the morning. That was the point I got to with the Sports Center where they were talking about Antonio Brown's appearance on the podcast with the Nelk boys who are a bunch of Canadian uh, YouTube prankster dudes. Um, 
either way, it seemed like he couldn't string four coherent thoughts together. He couldn't string together three thoughts in a row that all made sense. And, and it makes me feel sad for him, but I mean, anyone with a functioning brain can see that AB needs some serious psychological help right now beyond just. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a sad situation and it's been going on for a while. It's, it's been, I, I don't know how much of this was things like the perfect hit a few years ago, or if there's something up with him on a physical level, that's caused mental problems, but like. He can't string, he can't string coherent thoughts together. He doesn't make any sense when he's talking. Yeah. And obviously, we said all this not making fun. We're like, we are legitimately concerned. Uh, no, no, guy it, that isn't, it's uh, like, yeah, like it's 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 very bizarre. If one of my friends was talking like that and couldn't string together three coherent thoughts, I'd be like, "Hey, man, what's what's going on? Like, you're not it's, making any sense when you speak." But instead, it, it, AB decides to get game. millions of views and then syndicate that to all the outlets just to tell his side of the story when telling his side of the story actually made it look worse, not because of the story, because of how he told it, because yeah. of the things that he said. It wasn't yeah. what actually happened. It becomes how AB phrased all of this stuff. And now he's just coming off like an asshole. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's digging the hole deeper. I have no idea if this is going to be the end of his career or not um, within the NFL, if any other teams are going to be willing to take any kind of chance on him or what he would offer. Or I mean, I, I think it's pretty safe to say this would be the end of it for this season, um, given we're going into week 18, and I highly doubt anyone's going to be lapping him up right now. But this will be an ongoing story. We have certainly Mount not heard Rushmore, the last of this, but Mount Rushmore of Diva NFL players. Antonio Brown is like right in Lincoln's spot. No, he probably built it more. Diva <laughs> It's up there. Um, but we can now transition to a game that I actually was in attendance for, which is my uh, first game in the north for an NFL game, at least uh, north enough to be near Canada. I actually went, did go to a Giants game, but I mean like Canadian north, as north as you can get. And I went to well, the, the Giants Atlanta Falcons. play a different sport than the Bills. That's true. The Giants don't technically play football, so they don't count here. But Buffalo, they play football up there. Uh, this was a snowy and miserable weather day, but I was still happy to be there. A uh, 29 to nine, uh, 15 scoreline was your final. Buffalo defeats Atlanta and inches closer to getting the AFC East title. This was a weird game, though, and I'm pointing this out not just because I went went to this game, but it was a very bizarre game. And it was a bizarre game because Josh Allen had – Pretty much, I think you can definitively say his worst passing day in his entire career. I don't think you can get worse than that. He had 120 yards, 11 for 26 passing, three picks, no touchdowns. He did get two rushing scores, which helped him out a lot. But, wow, he was bad passing. And part of that, I think, was the Falcons' defense did play well. But, again, watching all the plays here, there were a lot of passes he overthrew badly. Or I mean, he looked a little lost in this game entirely. I'm not sure what it was, but he just he just looked very off. Um, Atlanta actually opened the game with a safety. Um, it was right after our opening drive. The ball fumbled the back of the end zone, and Buffalo recovered. Um, so it was 2 nothing Atlanta. And then back-to-back Josh Allen rushing touchdowns made it look like this game was pretty much over 14-2. to But then a Falcons field goal, a Mike Davis touchdown run, and then a turnover followed by another field goal. It was 15-14 Atlanta. 
And then even crazier, the third quarter opened up with another Josh Allen pick, and Atlanta was at the 35-yard line up by one. And that was it. <laughs> After that, it was uh, 15 to nothing for the Bills. Um, in fact, Matt Ryan had a potential touchdown to bring the game back to one score, but was ruled down beforehand in a very questionable call. Um, Matt Ryan then stood up and started jawing a little bit. I think it was at Michael uh, Micah Hyde. And uh, then the refs ruled taunting and no touchdown. So instead of a touchdown, it was third and 15. So, of course, the next two passes were incomplete, and that was the end of the game. But Matt Ryan was very angry, which, you know what, he should have been because if our rush defense is that bad, it's that bad. But here's the other point about this game, too. Even though Josh Allen was held to very little today, Atlanta's pass rush might be one of the worst pass rushes I've ever seen in my entire well, life. Well, Atlanta's front, terrible. Atlanta's front seven, and really we can extend this to both sides of the ball. Atlanta on the line of scrimmage is getting killed this year. And that's it's why I think, that's why I think they're going to have trouble against New Orleans because what does New Orleans do really well? They control the lines of scrimmage because they've got a good D line and a good front seven, and they've got a good O line. And regardless of who's under center there, you know they're going to be well coached, um, and you know they're going to be strong on the lines of scrimmage. Atlanta's rush defense this year, talk about the rush offense. The rushing offense has been bad, good for last in the league. But the rush defense is up there. Uh, they're, Atlanta's sitting at 26th. Uh, this year in rushing defense. And that's what enables a team like Buffalo, who doesn't run the ball, to come in and run the ball all over you when they're having their worst passing day of the season. <laughs> that's Well, we're just we're just not a good team. I mean it's very obvious. Just, we aren't a good team. But um, you're but you're in NF I mean uh you're in kind of the this is what's tough and we'll talk about this a lot more as the off season comes along cuz we'll get to our teams. Um but this is kind of one of the last chances we're going to get to talk about the Falcons because before the uh before the off season. The yeah, Falcons exit. are I have, I have plenty to talk about the exit interview. Don't don't get me wrong. The Falcons are in the NBA like 8 seed like play in category. They are the NFL equivalent of, like, the Indiana Pacers or, like, the Sacramento Kings, where you can't get that top pick. You're not bad enough to get the top pick, but you're still finding ways to win games, yet you don't get the benefit of having that high draft pick to stack your roster every single year. And I realize it's a little bit different with, basketball and there's a higher hit rate in the first round as far as NBA players are concerned. Uh, It's a little bit more of a crapshoot in football and you have seven rounds in the draft and you can get a really quality starter pretty much anywhere in the first two rounds. But Atlanta is desperately approaching the uh, circle of mediocrity you say approaching like we haven't been mediocre or bad for the last like. Well, here, but here's the thing: you've well, got to. It's got to come full circle. It's got to come all the way full circle. There has to be multiple uh, years of mediocrity and middling draft picks and almost making the playoffs. Done that for four years now. Okay, so the so we are definitively saying that the Falcons are in the circle of suck, the cycle of mediocrity. 
we had been in the cycle of our franchise is the definition of the cycle of mediocrity. It's always been our entire, I mean, we only had two seasons where we actually were a very solid world beating level team. And both times we failed to do anything because the first time we weren't really the top of the top. We just had a fantastic game against the Vikings to make it to the Super Bowl, And then John Elway eviscerated us. And then you get to the next time where we actually were a really good team. And then we just choked away everything. So, so yeah, with, since that since that year, we've not been good at without it. Getting, not been awful, without getting too much into it, are you thinking hard reset or soft rebuild? I don't know about this season because the question I have is money. Money's the problem here because, and this right. is a, we can dive. We're, we're going to dive more into this on the exit interview the right now. Yeah, uh, no, they've worked wild, themselves short, in the salary cap hell. Not as we, bad as we, the Saints, though. No, not as bad as the Saints. The Saints are projected to, uh, to be sixty million above the cap next year. Which makes me very happy. But, uh, no, I, I think the biggest thing we need to do is we need to draft edge rushing. And we need to rebuild the offensive line through free agency because we've tried so many times to get these young guys in the O-line off of the draft and it never has worked and it wastes draft picks for us. And we just – I i can't I can't take it anymore. We have to look for edge rushing. We need to get that stronger. It's so bad. Grady Jarrett's the only competent player on that front four and he's getting killed. So we, we need to have someone else. So that's my two cents because we got to move on and call up the other yeah. games. But yeah. that's, that's what I think we should do. I'll get into way more detail. Trust me, when we get to X interviews, which, again – some of my favorite stuff of the season, we do that, but very much looking forward to that. Um, next up, we can move on uh, uh, to I, one of the game of the year contenders. If you want to talk about this, go on ahead. We've got we've got two things to talk about here, uh, and they intersect with one another. So let's first talk about Tennessee's evisceration of the Miami Dolphins. Uh the Titans absolutely looked like a team on a mission and say all you want about the Miami Dolphins and were they a good team and who were the quarterbacks that they faced in their seven game win streak. Uh, the first team, by the way, to ever win uh, seven games in a row in a season and also lose seven games in a row in a season Uh However, the seven-game win streak came to an abrupt end. Oh, we're uh, talking about Miami. Okay, so I thought we were – Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm setting, up, I'm setting up KC versus Cincinnati. And okay. this is all going to tie full circle. Okay. Go so, ahead. Ahead. Titans eviscerate the Dolphins. Uh, I think the Dolphins were pretty overrated all year. However – any team that wins seven games in a row in the NFL, that's a hard feat to accomplish. Uh, you don't just go win seven games in a row in the NFL just because you feel like it. Um, that's a really tough thing to do. And the Titans were able to end that win streak, putting them in position where we don't need to talk about that game. That game was pretty cut and dried. It was a Tennessee blowout. But the Chiefs and the Bengals were finishing up around the same time. Now, the Chiefs last week had a game up on the Titans. The Titans own a tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So I was a huge Bengals fan last week. 
And what did the Bengals do? Joe Burrow over 500 yards with some of the cockiest, most disrespectful throws I've ever seen. It's It's literally, and he said this in the press conference, it's literally like, fuck it, Jamar Chase is down there somewhere. Which he said. He literally said yeah. that. And no, he it's, yeah. that. Like, it's like the meme, which he, he referenced the meme. Like he's the like, meme. It's like, fuck <laughs> it. Jamar Chase is down there somewhere. Joe Burrow is disrespecting NFL cornerbacks right now. I mean, Jamar I, I Chase how, is disrespecting I, them too. But Joe Burrow will see his guy one-on-one and go, yep, there. But it's almost, it's almost Rodgers-esque. The way that Joe Burrow can just drop it in the bucket. The accuracy Burrow. that he puts on the ball. The way that he throws the back shoulder to Jamar Chase. The connection that he has with Jamar Chase, where Joe Burrow doesn't have to place the ball perfectly every single time. Jamar Chase will just find it. He's a vacuum cleaner. Um, it, it's It's eerily similar to me and again they play a different style it's not quite as um it's not quite as polished but it reminds me a lot of adams and rogers it really does no and, and that's the kind of game they play as much as i uh, hate to be a falcons fan and, and how much it pains me i'm just very glad i'm not a ravens um browns or a steelers fan because then i would have to hate joe burrow but um yeah this guy is unbelievable um, Jamar Chase is like not even close running away with offensive rookie of the year. It's it's almost kind of a joke to compare it to anyone else at this point. And yeah, this team has been incredibly impressive. Uh, Bengals with this win clinched the AFC North, which is a crazy sentence to say, but the Bengals did it this year and they have been outperforming everyone in that division. Um, we'll get to how disappointing that division is later on. We took it to our uh, exit interviews, but um Really impressive game here. We do need to keep moving on, though, because uh, we're starting to get that on time, for me at least, because I'm, um, I'm still doing a bunch today. So we got we to gotta move on. But um, next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts up against the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, this one was hilarious because the Raiders actually won this game, which neither of us predicted this at all, um, which that was fair of us not to predict this. But wait, I, I wait, 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 wait. wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> I thought the Colts were the most talented – best team of all time with seven pro bowlers on their roster as a neutral fan here because obviously you are not a neutral fan but as a new which is okay but as a neutral fan they're still nine and seven and even nine and six coming into this game did they overperform their season expectations absolutely is jonathan taylor playing like an elite running back in football 100 percent. is this game not on him also yes because this was the first time all season that he ran for over 100 yards and did not get a victory too, which also nope. shows to the fact that we forget about the Colts still have Carson Wentz as a quarterback. So oh, there's still things that are tough for them. We but, don't forget. Oh, no, 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 forget. I, no, 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 I no, no, never no. I will never forget that Carson Wentz I mean, is captaining I mean, the Colts. We, I mean we as a society, not me as an individual. Of course I will always make fun of Carson Wentz. You know that I don't let Carson Wentz slide when he does dumb things. And he really wasn't even that terrible on this game because he had uh, 16 for 27, 148 yards and a touchdown. He was by far not the worst quarterback that played in uh, this week's football. So I'm not saying that. Uh, The bigger issue was the fact that the Colts basically dominated um, the entire third quarter and had pretty high odds to win the entire third quarter and then completely blew away 
the fourth quarter. That was their problem. Um, so that was the, the issue here is that the Colts went down, got a field goal with two minutes to go, and then let Derek Carr drive all the way down and get a field goal to end the game, which I do have to say, just on a side note, those are my least favorite NFL games. When a team scores a field goal with like two minutes left and the other team goes like 40 yards and kicks a field goal to win. I but, never find those games fun. I, I let me stop games. you here. You're saying that the best team in the league, the most talented team of all time, oh. the media darling, the team you don't want to see in the playoffs is nine and seven and didn't even win their division. Okay. You act like no other teams are getting any kind of attention either. <laughs> the Colts are only doing getting all this is because since Henry's injury and really over the whole season, there have been a lot of players that have outperformed expectations for Indy. Just like what we had preseason, which most everyone else had too, no one had any expectations for the Colts to really do a lot this season, and they've genuinely had a solid year. No matter what you say, they've had a solid year. So – it must be really tough that after all this, after all this, the Colts are still fighting for their lives in week 18. And by the divisional round of the playoffs, Jonathan Taylor will no longer be the best running back in the league. All I'm saying is that the need to win their division either. You don't need to win a division to still get. And I get it's a totally different team, but I'm just saying that you don't necessarily need to – you, you can be barely making the playoffs and still make a run or easily be in yeah, yeah, and yeah, choke yeah. early. No, no, Which we, we know. That's why – that's the reason no, why we for, I still we – forget, We forget that Carson Wentz is actually Tom Brady. I, I do – I'm – okay, you know what I mean, though. And I'm also saying, too, that I still have um, very, very high convictions that there's going to be some kind of stupid fluke where the Packers don't win the Super Bowl despite having this incredible of a team. So, something's going to happen. So, every Yeah, time. called the Tennessee Titans – no, it's called somebody in the NFC. That's it's it's. it's a, I I still think they're gonna they're, they're watch them choke and not make the Super Bowl. Watch it happen. Uh, next oh, up, we have. Trust um, me, I don't want to see Rodgers in the Aaron, Super Bowl. No, I don't think he blew up. He made it. But Arizona versus Dallas is our last game. We're going to highlight here of this week. Uh, most of the other games end up not being as uh, significant. And uh, this one was probably second in game of the week. Cardinals outlast the Cowboys with a controversial no call and a fumble. And they do stay in the race for the NFC West. Uh, Dallas do officially lose the one seed possibilities, and they also lose Michael Gallup to an ACL tear. So, not the best week for the Cowboys. We'll get to their Week 18 performance pretty soon. But um, yeah, this game was uh, one that I think we actually both called Dallas here because we both were kind of out on Arizona winning this game. But um, but this is a pretty impressive win. Obviously, Arizona needed to win this game. The Cowboys have played very solidly all season. Um, Gallup actually had a touchdown before his ACL tear. But um, the Cardinals were kind of supposed to win this game kind of the whole time. Only a few points throughout the entire contest uh, were the Cardinals not favored to win, um, with the exceptions the very beginning and uh, a bunch during the end of the first quarter. But overall, this is a very solid game uh, for Arizona. They actually never trailed, uh, despite the Cowboys scoring very late to bring it to be a three-point game. But, um, yeah, this was a very impressive game for the Cardinals. Uh, we know they've been really, really high and then really, really low. But um, – I think they could still be an interesting team come playoff time. Uh, I know we'll get to them a little bit more down the road. This was, but, um, this was the nap game. This was the nap game of the week. This was the – I went to sleep in the first half thinking the Cowboys were going to win, having bet on the Cowboys. 
and then woke up in the fourth quarter going, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, that's uh, not ideal there. That's um, Sunday scaries. Indeed. Uh, now we can transition to our NFC and AFC players and teams of the week. And for me, in the NFC, I just have the Rodgers and Adams connection. Really, just the combination of both those has been ridiculous. Um, they did an excellent job this week as they tore the Vikings apart in a very predictable win. Uh, that win actually got them the one seed this week. So um, that did not really surprise me at all. So that got that. And then my team of the week for the NFC is the Arizona Cardinals for getting past a tough Cowboys team. So what's your NFC player of the week? My NFC player of the week is Antonio Brown. Sadly, no longer can be an NFC player of the week anymore, but for the, <laughs> but he got it this week. Yeah. No, we I I had to give it to Antonio Brown because for all the shit that I've talked about, Antonio Brown, if this is Antonio Brown's last game in the NFL, which it might be, but also I think they would give Ted Bundy a contract if he could throw a tight spiral. Um that's not wrong. <laughs> Antonio Brown, if not for his own doing and him being a certifiably mentally unstable person, Antonio Brown would be a top five receiver of all time. Talent-wise, he is a top five wide receiver of all time. You look at the run that he had for three, four years in Pittsburgh. It's up there with some of the best. I mean, 100-plus receptions. We're talking 1,400 yards. We're talking 12 touchdowns. We're talking big wide receiver numbers, big boy receiver numbers. And he still has that talent. He's not past his prime. It's the fact that he can't stay on the field at this point in his career. And at this point, he can't get on the field. Uh, But I did want to shout out Antonio Brown for just taking his shirt off and running off the field. I was surprised we didn't get the uh, the Ohio State double birds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, that also could have happened. Mind you, it was really, at the Jets, too. Just to mind you, um, I didn't mention that earlier, but this game was at the Jets, which made it all the, all the more funny. Yeah, and um, the Jets fans were, like, getting hype as A.B. was. There was a game going on on the field, by the way, and A.B. was, like, in the end zone, like, jumping. <laughs> yeah, this was, this, was not, this was not during a timeout. This was during the game. <laughs> this was, like, during the football which game. Is the be- which is the best part. That it was I remember watching it on Red Zone, and Scott Hansen was so confused. I've never seen Scott Hansen more confused in my life. Scott um, Hansen was in shambles. Anyway, my, oh my NFC. God. Team of the week is Green Bay. We can move on. We can uh, stop my, um, about AB. My, my, my AFC player team of the week uh, team, player is sadly Devin Singletary. Um, and not because he ran all over the Falcons, but more the fact that the, the Bills had to basically completely change up their game plan uh, to win yeah. a game that was not looking their direction and ended up going their way. And I do think that if they played like this against most other teams, that would not have happened. But um, Devin Singletary did quite literally put the team on his back and ended up succeeding. So I got to give him credit there. I um, think it's super important for them. I think it's super important they got the right They needed game. that. They, they needed that going, which, again, was unfortunate for my sake. But it uh, was still fun to be there. Bills fans are indeed insane. They're crazy. It was so much fun, though. Like, I don't – it's not a knock on them. They're just like – the passion no. of that fan base is ridiculous. I, when the oh Bills fans invaded Nashville for Monday Night Football, I was, like, prepared for the storm, and they couldn't have been any nicer. The Bills fans were so oh, nice. No. 
great oh, no, people. I got, I got knocked on for being a Falcons fan, but it was the most like, I don't know how to word it, but it was like the most like, kind of fun knocking the on. People like, there was never any like New York. Nobody was like nobody was mad. Nobody was like angry or yeah. Mad. It wasn't like Philly fans, but it was more like like when I was walking by, for example, because it was snowing. I wrote rise up in like the snow on like a plaque and a bill's mm-hmm. behind me, like wipes it off. And he's like, no, 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 don't you be doing that. And I was like, ah, I got you. They're, it was the most like having fun. Like they were never, it was very an much incredibly a nice bunch in elite yeah. fan base. Yeah. They are. I, I did actually see a few broken tables going back to the car at the end of the game. I, I was very I happy. Picture I was very, that. I was very happy to see that, but no, they were very welcoming, very inviting. Um, they were a good group of folks. I actually did see one group, which just to mention this before we move on, because I thought this was really funny. But the Bills fan was sitting there, and he had Bills hat on and a Georgia jersey. And I was like, are you a Georgia fan? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a huge Georgia fan. And my friend next to me is a huge UT fan. He wore a UT jersey. And I was like, and I'm Falcons, Georgia Tech, TCU. And they just looked at me and laughed. And they were like, man, you can't win today, huh? And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> but it was just so funny. Like, what are the odds? The people sitting right yeah. behind us were Georgia. Your, that's your arch nemesis. I was like, that's crazy. And so I just thought that was just a wild coincidence of I'm like the that's only funny. person in this stadium that has a Georgia Tech background and went to TCU. There's no way anyone else in that stadium had that. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But lastly, my AFC team of the week is Cincinnati. Uh, just for a big win. I think that's a pretty easy pick right there. Yeah, my AFC team of the week. Jamar or uh, player of the week, Jamar Chase broke the re- rookie uh, receiving record uh, over 200 yards receiving. Yeah, I think it's pretty that. obvious. And my team of the week is Cincinnati for getting the job done, paving the way for the Titans to clinch the number one overall seed. But I thought our season was over, Stephen A. Oh, you can't listen to oh that, that just doesn't count. <laughs> Come on now, you can't put all that. You wasn't the only one who said the Titans' season was over. Yeah, but you're also realizing that they got to get clicks and got to say boisterous things. So it, it all it boils down to a bunch of nonsense. Everyone but, likes you know, to say boisterous things about the Titans. I speaking I, of um speaking of you saying need to check out things. my Twitter if you haven't because I went on a rampage. Oh, I I figured last Sunday. Um, but speaking of boisterous things that I probably will get wrong, uh, Lock of the Week is up next, which I am uh, horrific in, but we're going to test it out again. And this week, I'm going to go with Washington minus 6.5 against the New York Giants, purely because the Giants' offense has been one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life. And I think they're going to blow it. So I'm going to go with Washington in this game to go ahead and cover. I'm going with Green Bay. We don't know how much of this game Rodgers is going to play. We don't know really – how many players for Green Bay are going to play. But I'm going with Green Bay minus three because I just trust the Packers. I trust their coaching staff. Um, I trust even the back end of their roster. And they're playing the Detroit Lions. So Packers minus three. It's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, now we have the uh, week eight team preview and picks. We're going to try to pretty much streamline this just to not take too much time up. But uh, the two games that have already happened that obviously we will not be previewing is Kansas City against Denver and Dallas versus Philly. Uh, Casey ended up winning this game and actually a really back and forth game. Uh, Tyree Kill was dealing with an injury, so he was really bad in this game. But Kelsey got a touchdown. Um, Casey was actually down four in the third quarter. They outscored Denver 11 to three in the fourth. 
Um, Denver ends their season at 7-10. and 10, And Chiefs, again, haven't clinched the one seed, but are currently the number one seed as we were talking, but uh, do need a Titans loss. Vic Fangio is also now fired. Uh, the Broncos head coach is now officially out and done, so the Broncos will be shopping for a new head coach. So pretty predictable there. But, um, yeah, this game was a very weird one, but Kansas City still got the job done. Uh, any other side notes on this? Um, no, Vic Fangio fired um, after I picked him for coach of the year. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, no. Yep. But, <laughs> oh, hey, I, I couldn't be happier with uh, the real coach of the year, Mike Vrabel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vrabel's um, up in the, the – that other way. way. There you go. The, other way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That yep. corner. Yeah. Shout guy, out, Vrabel's. I guess that way. Uh, and lastly, for this Saturday slate, we have Dallas versus Philadelphia. Um, this game, we both predicted Dallas would win. Oh, boy, who's shocked? Uh, Dallas put a billion points on Philly in an easy win. Second game this year at 50-plus points. Prescott gets five touchdowns and breaks the record for the most passing TDs in a single season in Cowboys history. And he only played 16 games. So that's actually um, – I know a lot of people are talking about 17 games, if that really counts as a record or not because it's an extra game. But, but it, this one definitely does because he um, actually did it in the same amount of games um, as – was this an Aikman record? Or the Romo record? The Romo record. Romo record. Okay, Romo record. Uh, also, 51 to 26 is a scoregami. So Woo! Love that. We over don't see scoregami. Got to love that. Love that. Bet the awesome. over. Look away. Very, very easy. So, of course, we both are 2-0 to start the week here because we both had Kansas City and we both had Dallas in games. That were fairly predictable, I think. So with that record, uh, uh, Noah is 160-89-1. I am 170-79-1. And so what's at stake here? We'll sort of do all the what's at stake. I wrote a lot down for it, but we're just going to go by it by the picks we do. Um, So we're just going to get to that as we come. Again, Saturday games we both predicted um, correctly, so we don't need to go over those picks because they were already locked in. But we now can start off with the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons up here in the ATL, and this game, my pick is dependent upon Kyle Pitts because if Kyle Pitts ends up playing this game and he is okay and good to play, I do think Atlanta can pull this off because I think the Falcons want it that badly. The hatred for these teams is quite unbelievable. I do understand that New Orleans has a lot to play for, but the Falcons will do anything in their existence to make sure that the Saints don't make the playoffs. But I think without Pitts, they aren't good enough to do it. But I think with Pitts, the Falcons are good enough to do it because we figured out the Saints. We tend to play better against New Orleans than the rest of our competition most years. We already beat them in New Orleans. I get Simeon was starting a quarterback, but still, um, I trust Atlanta if Pitts can play. If he doesn't play, I don't think they'll be there because then I think we're going to sit a lot of other players. And if we do that, this game could be an ugly one to watch. So, my pick is kind of dependent on what ends up happening with Atlanta's players. Not as much with New Orleans, but if Atlanta ends up sitting more. So that's kind of my waffly pick. But I'm going to kind of wait on that. Um, given that we're pretty close to kickoff, uh, we'll see that pretty soon. But I'm going with I'll the monitor. Saints here. We talked about it earlier. Uh, I think Atlanta's really bad along the lines of scrimmage. Uh, I think New Orleans is going to, for the most part, be able to control the lines of scrimmage. Um and I think they're just a better coach team. I'm not sure Kyle Pitts really makes that big of a difference with how good the Saints defense has been playing this year. Uh, obviously, a lot to play for still for the Saints. Uh, 
I'm going to make the easy pick here, and I'm going to go with the Saints. But next up, we've got Cincinnati versus Cleveland. No Joe Shiesty for the Bengals. Um, no Baker Mayfield for Cleveland. And ah. here's the thing. Yeah. So no Joe Burrow versus no Baker Mayfield. One of those things is subtraction, and the other one is addition by subtraction. Uh, because no Baker Mayfield means we get Case Keenum, who might be a better NFL quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Um, so I'm going with the Cleveland Browns here. They have nothing to play for. They're already eliminated, but I think they're going to come out and play hard. Um, and seems, this game, point proceeding at this point. This game really, really smells like a Chargers-Chiefs game from a couple years back when the Chiefs were really good and played a middling Chargers team and the Chargers won. Yeah, that that's what this game feels like, that there's not really any kind of reason for the Browns to win this game. But it's more the fact that since he's kind of already looking ahead and benching everybody, that they're sort of like, who cares? That's why I think the big Browns might win. The this. Browns um, are in this game by six points. I, I, I think Vegas, Vegas knows that. I think seriously, because since he's just going to come into this game and sort of be like, who cares? We're already in. There's nothing to play for. So and, I just and the Browns get the chance the to screw there. their team over. I'm just saying, that's what I think. Uh, Next, we have a game that I would not really want to watch for obvious reasons, and that is Detroit versus Green Bay in Ford Stadium uh, in the beautiful city of Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I think that Green Bay is going to win this game easily, and they can have their entire second-string team in, and they would still win this game. So this is the other inverse example since Cleveland, where I think the gap is just too wide. I already called it. Green Bay minus three. We're going Green Bay money line here. Uh, Green Bay is going to win this game, uh, even with their backups. Next up, Chicago versus Minnesota. And look, we've all given our friend Kirk uh, and our friend Mike over in Minnesota. Um, we've given them the business all year. I think we got one more for Mike Zimmer. I think we're just going to run it back one more time for the boy, Mike Zimmer. Uh, and also I think Matt Nagy could not go out on a better note than losing to the Vikings who are awful this year. So um, I put in was just sort of a mind you that a lot of the stuff that I put in on these picks is a little bit sort of waiting games, because right. I'm trying to see who's actually in or not. Um, but I just don't – let me see. Sort of who's playing in here. Um, ooh. Ooh. I forgot about that. Okay. So, once again, COVID screwing up my picks. I thought Justin Fields was starting, and I thought just for the joke of it, he might be able to actually win this game. Well, he got COVID on Thursday. So Justin Fields is out for this game. Oh, sick. Um, which – which, are we getting uh, means, are we getting Foles or are we getting Dalton? Because this is a big big question. Okay, I will actually look that up right now. Um, who are the Bears starting at quarterback this week? Um, oh well, uh, yep. Apparently, as of forty minutes ago, that no matter what happens today, Matt Nagy is going to get fired after today. <laughs> That's now official. <laughs> so, all right, finally. Chicago fans rejoice. 
Is is uh, Matt Nagy just like a slightly better Adam Gase? Bears announced the quarterback today. Andy Dalton is starting a quarterback against the Vikings. Official. All right. So I'm going to stick with the Vikings. I'm going to change to that too because they're playing we, everyone that if matters. We got, if so we I'm got, gonna, I'm going to go with Nick that. In the game. If we got Big Dick Nick in the game, that's different. I, I, I might consider but, him actually. I might consider yeah, him, but Dalton, with, Dalton with, I have no faith. Yeah, no, I have no faith in Dalton. No faith. This one's going to be easy. Uh, the football <laughs> team versus the Giants, and the Giants had ten negative ten yards passing last week, which I believe is the passing. worst. I believe is the ten worst passing. passing day in the history of the modern NFL. Uh, so for that reason, I will be picking Washington because the Giants are a joke of a franchise. Uh, absolute poverty franchise. They have nothing going for them. They're going quickly downhill. Um, and as someone who uh, dislikes the Giants and never wants to see them on my television ever again, I'm happy for them. Truly happy. Just going down the toilet, entire franchise, sell the team. Uh, this is a it's it's a shocking team. They're a shocking team to look at the Giants. Like, even though you think the Giants aren't any good and you isn't like America, um, it's just like, how can you be that incompetent every year? And they still manage to surprise you uh, by doing it. Um, I'll still never forget that picture that was all the Giants guys, including Odell in the boat, and like what like their record is since the boat picture just progressively gets worse every time. Um, I'd love to see what it is now. I don't know off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, Washington's going to win this game again. It was one of my locks a week. So um, obviously I have Washington winning this game easily. Next up. One of the big ones, which shouldn't be big, but it is anyway. And it is the Indianapolis Colts up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And despite all the hoopla we made about this beforehand, I still think Indy's going to win this game fairly easily. It's still Jacksonville. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence has been, frankly, useless um, in this uh, series so far, or really in any game so far. Um, and not to knock on Trevor Lawrence, because I know that he's still a rookie with absolutely nothing to work with. So I do feel for that. I really do. But he still isn't good and he's still not doing anything. And this team has no hope and they're two and 14, two and six at home. But here is the good news about this game, which is the reason why it might be worth to watch a little bit of it is that all the Jags fans are showing up in clown costumes for this game to make fun of Shad Khan and the GM for not getting fired basically. And for keeping the team in the perpetual state of suck. So and for that's interviewing Bill O'Brien for a head coaching <laughs> job. In 2021, which is the best part of the Jag season. Not the, not the whole Urban Meyer saga, but the fact that they're like, you know who we need to bring our franchise out of, uh, out of the depths of scandal and of mediocrity? Bill fucking O'Brien, who single-handedly tanked an entire franchise with one stroke of the pen. Um, in the last five games that Trevor Lawrence has played, he has thrown one touchdown and seven interceptions. This game could be rough. <laughs> we now have a battle of the northern cities that are miserable in the month of January, and that is Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Are there and, times where Pittsburgh or Baltimore are not miserable? No, just especially in the winter. <laughs> Like the summer, it could at least maybe be nice a little bit. I don't. I don't think Pittsburgh would be bad in the summer, but 
Yeah, but, but it's winter time. What are you going to do in Pittsburgh? That's a good question. I'll actually be there in a few weeks, so I will let you know what there is to do. But um, <laughs> let me know. I'll be uh, I uh, actually I got passes, so I'll be covering the uh, Syracuse Duke game in Cameron Indoor, the Syracuse Pittsburgh game um at Pitt, and then the Boston College game in uh in Massachusetts. So I uh, I'll be doing those three games, which are pretty cool. So uh, I'll get to see those out. Um, the good news is that if the Pittsburgh game gets canceled, there's a Penguins game that night. So I'll have at least something to do in Pittsburgh, but, but, um, which I will be going to if that happens, but Steelers Ravens up in M&T bank stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, obviously both these teams are not very good this season, but both these teams shockingly still have a chance. Uh, pretty obviously that the loser in this game, um, is very clearly going to be gone and done. Uh, but the winner in this game actually does have an outside shot at making something happen. So uh, that is a little bit crazy, but there still is a chance. Um, obviously, the Steelers do have a better odds, uh, have better odds to get in with a tie instead of a loss. They're eight, seven, and one versus the eight and eight Ravens. Uh, but overall, uh, this game, uh, the Steelers' odds only go up to fourteen percent from seven percent with a win, um, and the Ravens' odds go from two percent to three <laughs> percent, even with the win. Uh, the Ravens are very, very unlikely uh, to make it. They also have to have the Raiders win. Um, they also have to have the Colts lose. Um, and then they have to have the uh, Patriots win. So if you're a Ravens fan, you got to pull pull for the Ravens. You got to pull for the Raiders. You got to pull for the Pats. And then you make it. But unless all three of those games go in exactly that order – that's probably not going to happen. Uh, oh, and four, you have to have the, the Jags uh, win. But while the Patriots actually could very likely win, um, yeah, and even if the Patriots lose to the Dolphins, uh, the Ravens are actually automatically eliminated no matter what happens to them. So um, that game has to go their way. But basically, it's very much difficult that's going to happen. Despite all of that, I'm going to be going out a little bit of a limb here, and I'm going to think the Raiders uh, – sorry, the Ravens are going to win this game. But the reason why is because Pittsburgh has been – God awful on the road. They're eight, seven, and one, but two and five on the road. And the Ravens being eight and eight are five and three, a little bit stronger at home. Now I get Lamar Jackson's not playing in this game, but we do have Tyler Huntley coming back, and I think that he can do a little bit of damage to this Pittsburgh defense that has been solid, but um hasn't really been that much different than Baltimore this season. Overall in yards allowed, they're basically the exact same, only two yards off. Um and the uh, Pittsburgh defense has given up a lot on the ground. And what have the Ravens done, especially great on defense this season? Protect the run. They've only allowed 85 yards per game on the rushing ground, which we know what Najee Harris is capable of doing, especially with this offense. He has been very solid this season as a rookie, and he could definitely be very limited um, against Baltimore that actually has a great rush defense. So that's my reasoning. Um, this game is very much a toss-up game. There's Baltimore by three uh, with a lot of players out. This I think this is uh, they're not really a bad pick here. But um, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, I think we get the greatest old man game of all time out of uh, out of Ben Roethlisberger. It could be, in fact, in all likelihood, probably will be Ben's last game in the NFL. I think we go out with the ultimate old man game, just some high highs and some very low lows. Um I think this is going to be a roller coaster ride, and I'm going with the Steelers on that roller coaster ride. This one's going to be a quick one. Tennessee versus Houston, and Tennessee clinches the one seed with a win. Yeah, this game is pretty clearly uh, Tennessee. I had no doubt about this looking at it. I, I, I have full faith they're going to win this game. 
if they do lose this game, I do get to make fun of you next episode. Be aware of that. Um, if you lose to Houston and lose the one seed, definitely going to make fun of you because I'm I because I want Trust to get the me. win. I want to improve my record. <laughs> I don't want, I don't Trust want them me. to lose this. Game. I will allow you to make fun of me. Um, I, I seventeen dollar tickets. Yeah, Houston. I'm also seventeen dollar tickets. Got the Titans in case anyone was uh, confused about that. Um, <laughs> we have the Jets versus Buffalo. Uh, this one's going to be an easy one. Going with Buffalo. You want to know how much ticket prices are starting for this game? $6. Ooh, close. $5. Ah. For an NFL game. Yeah. Went again, down. Being at the, being, Went down being in the, the last Buffalo hour. Stadium, being in the Buffalo Bills stadium, I now understand why why people that are away fans don't ever want to go in the winter. But I do have to give it a little bit of credit. The concessions were oddly very good. They had great concessions, which was very bizarre. Very not cheap, not cheap concessions, but they were good concessions. I can't believe uh, you that, went to Buffalo and didn't go get like the best wings of all time. But that's I'm not a big wings there. guy. I know that's okay. sacrilegious up there, but I'm just not a big wings guy. But I, I know they would I, be amazing. But that would be the first place I would go. I'm actually debating going to the wild card game. I um, I'm been looking into that, which would be kind of nuts. But uh, it act- it could be against the Patriots. I think is most likely right now. If they if they win, it's against the Pats. So that would be nuts. I'll look into it. Uh, we now have the San Francisco 49ers against the L.A. Rams in a uh, much nicer weather game in SoFi Stadium. A little bit nicer than what the Bills are going to experience. But um, that game is our second of the 3:25 games. Again, uh, Central time now because we're actually both on Central again. Um, so this game, a little more expensive, $148 is your lowest price. So a little bit more expensive, but, uh, this game could be a lot of fun and I'm going to be rolling with the Rams in this game. I think they're a much better team. They're three games up on the Niners. Uh, both these teams have actually been pretty good uh, on the road and at home respectively, but, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Rams here. So I'm picking the Rams. I'm a little wary of that because San Francisco could uh, clinch the playoffs with a win. Um, but, yeah, I'm still going to go with the Rams here. I think Jimmy G could blow it, and he's been hurt. We don't know how that's going to go. Uh, I think there's too many uncertainties for the Rams. Rams, Rams need to win this game, though. That's also true. Yeah. The Rams have a lot of motivation to get the division. That's true. And they, they want to get the division. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next up, New England versus Miami, and I've got New England winning this game, but I'm going to be honest, I haven't looked at the injury report or who's going to be out for this game. Uh, I'm going with the Dolphins purely because of the fact that it's just every year season. Like, I don't know why, but every year, last week of the season, victory. the Dolphins always get it. And they've also beaten the Patriots the last two games in a row anyway. This will be their third in a row. So I just – I don't know why. But every time these teams play, it's just – it's they just – the Dolphins seem to find a way in Miami every time. And I don't know why they do it, but we just keep seeing it. And so because of that, I think it's uh, it's very possible to happen. Um, I do think that um, the injury report seems pretty normal here. Um, I think – yeah, I think they're, most teams look pretty good to go for this game. I'm pretty sure I'm looking at it right now. But um, – I don't know. I just I don't even think that matters, frankly. I, I just think it's Miami in this game tends to be really successful. They just do it a lot of the time. I don't know why. It's very strange. But I really feel like that they seem to have leg up on teams. And so I'm actually looking right now um, at the injury report for this game that is coming up. 
It, no but, one's um, no one no one very important is out. We've got a couple patrons. I, I didn't out. think I didn't think it mattered too much who was yeah. out for this game, but I'm still rolling with Miami, and this is purely a principal pick. I just feel like they just do well um, in this game, and we'll see if the Pats uh, right the ship a little bit. Um, again, this game it does mean something for them as it would help them get the division, but frankly, it's a pretty. I mean, they would have to have the Bills lose, which is very very unlikely. So I, I don't All really right. think this game is extremely meaningful. All right, burning burning through the next couple games, we got Seattle versus Arizona. Um, Seattle's not good, and Arizona's still fighting for a division title. So no reason I don't see Seattle at all in this game. Yeah, last week, but we're not doing it again. And then we've got the Panthers versus the Bucks, and despite all the AB saga, uh, there's no way the Panthers are going to win this game. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have anyone that can like functionally play quarterback in the NFL. The Panthers are a truly sad franchise. Again, I've talked, we talked about this before, but, like, as much as it is to be sad to be a Falcons fan, like, God, being a Panthers fan would suck. So, I they're in, they're down horrendously right now. They're not going to do anything in this game. And our final game we have up, which would be probably one of the most entertaining games of the whole It is weekend. the do-or-die game. It got flexed to Sunday Night Football for a reason. This is the big one. And actually, despite the line only being minus three for L.A., I'm really confident in the Chargers in this game. I'm very I really like them. I really like them. Even though, again, it's a tight game. Everyone's talking about how tight it is. But Herbert is much better than Carr. Eckler has been much better than Jacobs. I mean, it's a lot of big pieces on this team are just better for the Chargers. And I and they really don't have anybody out in this game. Um, Jer- Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs are still questionable for the for the Raiders anyway. Um I don't think he'll be out, but um, oh, actually, well, yeah, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Haskins are all going to be game time decisions or game day decisions. So right now it looks like they're all still uh, a little bit iffy on whether they're actually going to play. But um, I just, I, I just don't have the most. I don't really have a ton of faith in this team, unfortunately. I just, I don't have a lot of faith in what uh, the Raiders can do here. Even though I commend them on having a great season, I just. And, and- um, I think specifically the game from two weeks ago leaves a lot of fans uh, leaves a lot of fans with a bad taste in their mouth after watching the Chargers kind of blow it. However, that was their COVID game. They got everybody back. I think they're a significantly better team than the Raiders. And yeah, I've got Chargers big in this game. Yeah, I like that. Chargers too. minus three. But that will do it if that is all for you, Jack. That is all for me. That'll do it for this episode of the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Once again, we thank you so much for listening. Uh, We will be back this week. But quickly, let's get a national championship pick. Who you got? Uh, um, We don't have to break it down. I just want to pick. I know, I know, I know. I just – I had had Georgia to beat Michigan to try to jinx them. And it failed. And Georgia won anyway. So because of that, I'll go with Alabama because apparently the jinx doesn't work anymore. So that would, I feel better about that. I got to go. The nar- I got to go with Bama. I got to go with Bama. The, narr- want, the narrative I don't is – I don't want it to happen. I want Georgia I to win. I, I, want I very much want the East to <laughs> finally get some credit. But I don't know. No, I can't. No, I can't me, pick against Nick Saban. My winner in this game is me because I won't have to watch. 
That's the winner in this game because I'm not going to watch this game because I have no interest in either team winning, and it's either going to be irritating or stressful. And to me, I'm like, I just play college football revamped on my PC instead of watching that. So I would much rather rebuild the New Mexico Lobos <laughs> than watch uh, than watch Alabama Georgia. So no interest That's in that fair. game for me. That's fair. But once again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Jack, enjoy your Mavericks game today. Uh, and we will be back with you next week to preview the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah, we got playoffs next week. Looking forward. Looking week forward to for it. Sports. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. For now, I'm Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace, Peace out, out y'all. y'all.